Brendan Small, yes. creator of Metalocalypse, yes. driving force behind Death Clock, the yeah. band that Metalocalypse revolves around. Thank you very much for joining us here at Lawrence.com. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, Thank you. It's a nice place. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm a big fan of uh, fluorescent lighting <laughs> and very cramped podcast yes, studios. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, the musk filling in here is just oh, palpable. It smells like carpet cleanser. It's great. That's what my musk smells like. I actually yeah. bleed carpet glue. You're, you're a fortunate guy. Uh-huh. I yeah. stick. Uh, but Death Clock, yes, is the basis of again Adult Swim's supermassive mega hit Metalocalypse. Yes. Uh, now in its second season. Yes. And first season. Currently on DVD. Yes. Uh, and Death Clock, this past September, released its first full-length album, Death Album. Yes, The Death Album. Yes. The Death Album, pardon. Yeah. And Death Clock, currently on tour with, and you will know us by The Trail of the Dead. Yes. We'll be performing uh, Saturday, November 17th, uh, tomorrow, at the University of Kansas. All this information is correct. So far, Yes, good, good. Yeah. good. I, yeah. I did my Wikipedia research. Yeah, yeah. thanks to Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> and MySpace, of course. Yes. Uh, but it, what I just ticked off, that's a long list of accomplishments for a fictional band. Right. Um, how exactly do you explain to people what Death Clock is that aren't familiar to it without getting into all sorts of head-popping, postmodern you know, uh, uh, theory? Like, how do you tell people what <coughs> Death Clock is who aren't familiar with it? It's a cartoon. <laughs> Very simple. It's a cartoon. Um, it's a show on Adult Swim. It's about uh, a death metal band that's the biggest entertainment act in the world. Not just death metal, but it kind of uh, covers a bunch of different styles of metal, subgenres, uh, including black metal, thrash, all kinds of different things that all the metalheads are probably already uh, debating about online. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as you but, um, uh, yeah, but it's about a death metal band. It's a, it's a show about this band that is um, the 12th largest economy. They're bigger than Belgium. Um, and uh, the and a governmental group, a secret governmental group that watches them. So it's it's a comedy. It's a it's a satire, and uh, there's a lot of murder going on, but in a, uh, a fun slapsticky Monty Python, uh, you know, Black Knight lopping off the arms and legs of a person kind of a way. Mm-hmm. It's not a, it's not to be taken seriously. But um, the the cool part about it is uh, there's a lot of music in the show, and I get to write the music, and it's a cool opportunity for me to write uh, and play guitar, and that's the big reason the show exists is yeah. is a, a big stupid excuse for me to play guitar right. and shred and. Uh, get endorsement deals from major guitar companies and you know, Gibson and <laughs> Line 6 and MXR and like all kinds of cool stuff so for me it's a uh, it's for the fat 15 year old inside of me uh, to uh, it's, that's who the show is for yeah. the, the milky white suburban uh, lethargic uh, hot pockets eating uh, uh, 15 coke coke regular a day drinking uh, idiot that uh, sat down and played guitar his whole life and uh yeah, and now I have an excuse to do it. So uh, yeah. to my parents, I tell you, uh, I told you so. <laughs> There's a way to make money off this. <laughs> that demographic you just described. I make over $100 a year, not to break Yeah, yeah. Oh, Can't do that mowing lawns. No, you can't. Um, and, okay, so that is what Metalocalypse and Death Clock are yes. televised. Yeah. How does the live show work? The live show is basically the way. What what happened was when, when the show uh, was pitched by me and uh, Tommy Blacha, he's the co-creator of the show. Basically, we sat down and we all we'd been doing is going out and complaining about Hollywood and complaining about TV shows and complaining about everything that exists, which is what you do if you're in comedy. <laughs> you complain about things and it's funny and you laugh. 
But, um, you know, I had pitched and sold a different show somewhere else and here and there. And I was I had already uh, done a show on Adult Swim called Home Movies, which is a very different show, very dialogue-driven, mannerism-based, very low-key, very much not in your face, very much like, you know, come over and check it out if you want to. If not, you know, it's fine. <laughs> don't watch our show, which is why it didn't exist very long. Take it or leave it. Yeah, have it or don't. It's fine with us. We'll be polite. We'll be very polite about it. But, um... So Adult Swim had always kept their door open to us, or to me, uh, and, said, and I wrote the music for that show, too, and they said, if you ever have a show based on music, let us let us know. We'd love to do something with you. And one day, like after seeing scary metal bands like Cannibal Corpse and Nile and King Diamond and things like that, I, I couldn't believe that I hadn't thought of this idea before. I was like, it's right here, it's sitting in front of me, and that's the show. It's It's a band, it's a death metal band, but we can't make them... It has to be about the biggest band in the world simply because Spinal Tap is about a band on its way out. And, and Spinal Tap is almost, you know, like 25 years old at this point, and it's still the funniest band. Uh, or maybe movie. movie ever made. Yeah, or f- funniest movie, but one of the most realistic and best, best Lee, best Lee, when Lee done thing. There's, yes. There's that. <laughs> Good thing about being a comedy writer is you get to invent words. But, um,. Yeah, no, it's uh, so you just don't want to step on its toes, and we're like, okay, let's not make this Spinal Tap, and let's make it something else. And when and the thing about TV is like, I know this because I've had shows canceled. I've had the same show canceled twice somehow. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, UPN but, and then yeah, UPN uh, first canceled Cartoon and then, Network. Then yeah, Adult Swim canceled. So I'm, I was very used to being canceled. So my whole thing is that this show is going to get canceled no matter what happens, <laughs> and it still will. You know, it's just what happens. Like you know, you're going to die someday. It just it's inevitable. <laughs> um, but. Um, but I was like, I want to find a way to make this show exist without the TV show and exist in audio form. So there's going to, I want there to be a CD, you know, a soundtrack that is not only songs from the show, but new songs, things that didn't exist in the show. And and there, if there's that, then there also must be a live tour somehow. So it's basically taking the template of like uh, the, the gorilla is like an animated live thing and, and <laughs> but with more uh, murder, of course, and, and comedy than uh, than the gorillas have, and uh, you know, just making it exciting. Because I go to a lot of live shows, and you know, first thing I notice is they're too long. Second thing is that you know, you guys are great. Do something on stage, and when they do, it's amazing. You know, it should be like a live. Sh- it should be like a live Broadway production. It should be like something big is happening here, and you can only see it live. And that was my idea: is I wanted to make it a big, fun, stupid Disneyland kind of like Universal Studios kind of a ride. Kind of a feel, yeah. but with murder. So, yes. um, and lopping off heads and whatnot, <laughs> which is always fun. Um, so but, it's going to be like a touring version of Beowulf. It's pretty much exactly. It's a literary classic, basically <laughs> being toured upon. Yeah, yes. it's better than the the Bible. I'll it, go out and say that. Oh, <laughs> bold! But I think you'll be able to back it up. To it's got more comedy than the Bible. I laughed a lot during the Bible. That whole <laughs> lot really? stuff. That guy got screwed. All right, it's not funnier than the Bible, but. <laughs> It's, uh, it's as violent as the Bible. <laughs> maybe as violent as the Bible, yeah, which is a very violent thing. Anyway, I'm going to get off the Bible thing because I haven't read it. I've only heard about it. Um, so I can't go around saying that things are better than worse. Fair or worse, worse Fair. than them. Yeah. Um, but <clears throat> the idea is that it's, um, it's uh, I have a group of musicians that are scary talented, and I got to pick and get my, my choice of, of who I really wanted. And we're basically supposed to sound like Death Clock. You know, it's supposed to sound like the record. Um, it's supposed to sound like the thing that you're used to listening to. Uh, but the the show is above us. We're supposed to be kind of like if you go watch a ballet, there's a pit orchestra, but the show's above the pit uh, orchestra. The, the ballet is happening up there. Right. So we're the pit orchestra. The ballet that's happening is a big, uh, huge animated screen uh, with a produced, uh, you know, hour-long show 
that is uh, that has like some uh, story in it, some comedy sketches, and uh, a bunch of kind of videos that accompany the songs, that kind of like further the song and, and further what the song is saying. And each song is its own little story and or you know kind of piece, you know, on its own. So that's pretty much it, and that's that's the whole show. Yeah. And how long does the show take generally? You complained about shows being too long. Is this, this a nice compact is, nugget size show? In my opinion, the uh, leaving leaving them wanting more and giving them enough. You know, like. Uh, 52 minutes exactly because what what happens is we have a show that is timed out to a T that we can't deviate from the yeah, show yeah the projected well we're there. playing we're playing to picture um, so we have uh, we're playing so that every time we have a downbeat it's matching some kind of a cut on screen uh-huh. so so basically our drummer Gene Hoagland who's the drummer from the, the Death album it was just me and him that played on that um, he is uh, he's playing with headphones and in his headphones he's hearing a click track like a metronome that's counting him into songs and he's such an amazing drummer he just does not go away from that click track so his downbeats are just nailed in time and that's like you know a lot, there are a lot of great drummers but you know guys that really just lock in and yeah. don't you know fall away from the metronome so if he falls away from the metronome the show is doomed. And, we stand there. and it's a different kind of a comedy show at that point. Then it does become spinal. Then it becomes Dadaist. Yeah. Uh, the Atomic Clock, I believe, is the nickname of your drummer. The Atomic Clock. The Atomic <laughs> Clock. Gene Hoagland. And he can just do anything. And he's an incredibly musical person. And he's a, he's a funny guy. And that's the thing that was like, oh, I'm glad, I'm glad it, it, he has a sense of humor and he's really cool. And that's the big thing for me when I got to work with him. is First of all, he's a legendary metal drummer. He's played with bands like Dark Angel, Death and Strapping Young Lad, which which are all amazing bands and they're just furthered metal. But um he uh you know he's a cool guy. Yeah. So and the other guys in the band uh are uh Mike Keneally, who I've been a has been a guitar hero of mine for years, but he played with uh Zappa. Frank Zappa yeah. and Frank Zappa called him one of the best guitar players or the best guitar player he's ever played with. Yeah. And uh and it's true, I mean this guy can do anything on guitar. He also went on to tour with Steve Vai, who is a virtuoso guitarist, um and uh, and just matched him note for note on like harmonies and solos and stuff like that, and uh, and then he, and in his own right, he's just an amazing composer and musician, just crazy talented guy, scary the kind of guy that's just upsettingly talented. <laughs> and I am upset at him for that reason. I don't like him. You know, I'm, not, I'm mad at him. He should just dumb it down every once in a while. <laughs> the tension, the tension on the two of us guys are like I have to practice constantly to be able to do anything. Um, but he's he's the again amazing funny dude and fun to hang out with and uh, and uh, the Brian Beller is playing bass. Brian Beller just got off tour with Steve Vai also. He's been playing with Keneally for years and I saw him when I was nineteen uh, in Boston when I was going to Berklee College of Music where he just graduated. So we're both music school students and mm-hmm. stuff and uh, we all get along. We all like to play and basically the whole show is not about us or what we look like or anything like that. We're all dressed in black and uh, we're all backlit. So you're not supposed to even be watching us at all. Right. So that's that's pretty much it, and um, and it's about getting it right and playing it, yeah. and having fun, you know. A lot of difficult to play stuff in metal. mentioned that you were a Berkeley School of Music yeah. grad. Um, 
do you consider yourself a musician first and then you went into comedy after you studied music uh do, do you see comedy as a ve- did you were you just waiting for <laughs> metalocalypse to happen so that you would have yeah. the perfect vehicle to well, I, uh be a musician who works uh pretty much in was, comedy yeah. yeah absolutely i mean like i I, I finished music school and I just sat there looking at my guitar and like you know what screw you <laughs> you go away for a little while I need to go I'm gonna go start doing comedy so I started doing stand up right after um, music school and uh, that's where I got discovered um, by the producers of Dr. Katz which was on Comedy Central a long time ago very again who were the same production company that did home movies and uh, I very much got lucky but you know ran with it as far as I could as far as co-creating the show I was supposed to be a day player just a voiceover guy for one day mm-hmm. and then I ended up co-creating the show and writing music and writing you know the scripts and stuff like that yeah. and um, it just it just taught me a lot about you know how to how, you know just putting shows together and what I would do differently later and whatever but um, yeah I don't know I don't know that I'm a musician or a comic I, I, all I know is that I uh I'd like to get some sleep. That's that's all I know. Right now. I'd, like to, I'd like to take two weeks off and catch up on my TiVo or my Netflix. Yeah. Um, but no, it's it's funny because there there people would ask me, "Hey, you went to music school, and I don't see you doing anything with music." And I'd go, "Yeah, I don't think I know what I'm going to do. I just know that I don't want to be one of those comics on stage with an acoustic guitar doing song parodies. You know, about like whatever, just like." whatever stupid songs out there I just you see that all the time yeah, yeah. like I, I just don't as long as I'm not Weird Al already carved out that niche yeah, we, yeah. we need no more yeah it's been 30 years with Weird Al yeah <laughs> he's a classic now I'm not gonna rip that off I'm not gonna take that away from you. <laughs> but yeah no I was like it's gotta be something cooler than that I just wanna so that's the when Death Clock came about I was like you know the, here's an opportunity to write some cool music you know even though the show's a comedy it can be fun I can have the fun that I wanted if I were to actually be writing music mm-hmm you know, with this. And I get to do all the score and all that stuff, too, which is another completely different thing than writing metal tunes and stuff, too, which is a lot more fun mm-hmm. in a different way. You yeah. know? Uh, the Death Album, uh, according to Billboard, was the highest-charting death metal album in their history. Yes. How strange is that for you, uh, this entity that you've created that is... Uh, once a satire and an homage to these bands that you love is doing commercially better than they are. How um, weird is that? Did, I don't know. Do you ever step back and think that this thing has actually surpassed yeah. like like the people that I admire and worship? I don't know that it's surpassed it. And I think it's basically it's the power of TV. Like, you know, most shows don't have the luxury of having... Or most bands don't have a, their own TV show, yeah. minus, you know... Uh, you know, gem and holograms, possibly monkeys, you know, yeah. monkeys, yeah. But um, most of these bands, you know, we. I mean, it was easy to see that there's there's an audience for this just by looking at numbers and overnights from the show. We'd get a few million people watching our show. Like, you know, if you're watching TV late at night, um, chances are good you're watching Adult Swim. They're just dwarfing everybody ratings wise. You know, mm-hmm. they just have a, they just have that whole niche kind of conquered. You know, so. Um, they uh, so yeah, I was I was expecting you know fairly good sales, but nothing as as good as it they've and it's consistently doing well, which is mm-hmm. kind of cool. Um, but uh, yeah, I don't know, I don't know that it's it's just because something sells doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go on to saying that. I don't, <laughs> You're a bad capitalist. Yeah, I, I know. Well, I don't know. I'll, I'll get cocky in my own time, but I'm not on, <laughs> not when I'm being recorded. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about the that sort of fervent following yeah. that not only the the cartoon has the show has but right. also the band and metal fans in general right. these sort of really slavish borderline satanic devotion that these people have to this right. form of music 
Well, it's it's funny. I mean, like I think uh, the thing is the only show the re- the only reason the show exists is because metal has uh, gotten more powerful and strong and scarier and heavier and just it's just coming back in a, in a very huge way and it has been over the last seven years. I've noticed just like I don't know. Um, I'm not sure why I have theories, but like uh, I won't go into those. But like, um, they're, <laughs> no, 9/11 post millennium theories there. Oh, that, that all factors into it. But I think a lot of it has to do with reality TV. Uh, mm. uh, no, but um, <laughs> but seriously, metal has been getting heavier and stronger, and the the influences of just and and people know it, and the fans know it, and this show is just basically kind of holding a mirror up to the 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 world of metal that is growing. It's the it's the only like form of music that has a strong growth every single year. Uh, that doesn't happen with any other styles right now. I think hip hop is slowing down. I think um, emo and indie rock are kind of at a, a plane, but like metal, it keeps growing. It's incrementally, but it is growing. Mm-hmm. But um, this is just kind of showing, like basically, you know, like hey, check out because we put on what we do is we 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 throw in a lot of our metal heroes as voiceovers on the show, and we also just. We get and we say, listen to this other stuff. Check out these other bands. Check out the real bands that are doing this stuff. And to us, that's very cool because these bands are worth listening to. And um, and I think metalheads want metal to kind of be the dominant force in music, you right. know. And I think uh, that's one of the reasons our sales are are good too, is because they want to see metal kind of be strong again, like it was. And I think it is that way. I think metal is whether or not there is death clock, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the fans are just showing that. I mean, metal fans are they're they're loyal. They buy stuff. They want to have a copy. When like people are downloading like stuff mercilessly online, um, metalheads are buying stuff. They're yeah. supporting the bands that they like. Like I said, be be it a real band or uh, an invented one, you know. <laughs> Um, so, and then at the end of the day, we, you know, my goal is to make it sound like a good record, you know, try to, I got a really good producer, uh, Ulrich Wilde, who produced Pantera and, uh, Rob Zombie and tons of different guys, but I, I wanted, and I got an amazing drummer and, uh, everything else on the show, I just do myself, I program the drums and everything, but I wanted to get an amazing drummer and an amazing producer and have it compete with, uh, production of any other major band out there. Mm. And that was my goal and to get the budget to do that and stuff. So... So I think it, it does sound like a real record, and uh, you know, if you listen to the lyrics, if you can understand them, which I, I, I'll be I, honest, I can't. I can't. No, but um, you know, it's supposed to sound like a, it's supposed to sound cool. You know, even though you know, I want people to basically the, the big response I get is they don't know whether or not to take the album seriously. Like they kind of want to, they want to take it like the music seriously, yeah. but they think it's a joke too, so they don't know. And I'm happy having people confused that way. You wanted Leaving to straddle that. Wake, wakes of people confused by <laughs> how to take this, right? You know? And I, you make up your own mind. I like it. I mean, I like the, I like, uh, I like the riffs and stuff. For me, that's just fun. That's the fun part, you know. Yeah. The guitar parts. What attracted you to metal, as as a surly, chubby fifteen year old? Yeah, um, as a as a quiet, shy, yeah, <laughs> sweaty, palm, <laughs> compulsive masturbator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sweaty um, and hairy palm. Yeah, um, right. I uh, you know when you first start playing guitar, like the kid down the street taught me 
in one day I had to play uh, two things because we'd just ride the bus all the time because I play guitar I'm like yeah you don't he's like yeah I do I'm like you, well, you probably can't do anything he's like yes I can come over to my house after school I'll show you I go, well, I've been thinking about playing guitar for a long time. I mowed lawns when I was 11 years old and bought like a Toys R Us guitar with a built-in speaker and just like, sat there. And I'm like, this is, it's impossible. No one can play that. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's too many strings, too many frets. And then um, my, uh, my friend, he, showed, he goes, all right, check it out. So he played me some stuff on his guitar. And I was like, oh, my God, this, you're amazing. And he really, he could play. Like, he had been taking lessons. But he was playing all, like, metal stuff and rock stuff. And I was like, what are these songs? He goes, oh, you don't know these? And he just opened up his drawer and his records spilled out. And it was Megadeth and, you know, Sabbath and, you know, Metallica. And, and then that was the day that I just, I was like, oh, wow, what is this stuff? So he played me all the stuff. He taught me Iron Man by Sabbath. And uh, it was all over, you know. And that's, the, and then that's the thing is that's all guitar-driven stuff. So if you're a guitar, uh, if you're learning how to play guitar and you're, you're a kid, you just go straight to guitar-driven stuff. And metal is just like the guitar is pushed up loud. You can hear what they're doing. Some of the stuff is very easy to get under your fingers. Some of it gets more difficult and progressively, you know, more scary and hard to play. Yeah. But um, but it's all because of metal. Metal just showcases guitar like no other music does. Mm. And that's that's the whole thing. So you just keep turning to harder stuff. And then I started listening to, like, instrumental guitarists and virtuosos and things like that and went to the down that whole route and just got all my, my chops in place by the time I went to music school. Yeah. And so you, you're more attracted to it musically than, say, culturally. Like some um, people are, they see, they see it as a subculture <coughs> and a tribe, the, you um, know, railing against the rest of the United States, that sort yeah, of thing. I mean, I'm, I'm, or the rest of the world. To I'm the more of a fan of, like, music, just, like, if it sounds cool, it's cool. Like, it doesn't matter what style it is. I'm, like, I'll go f- back and forth between any kind of style of music as long as, like, the song makes sense on its own logic, and it makes me want to hear it again when it's over. You know, mm-hmm. that's just like it's that simple. You know, it doesn't matter if it's the Shins or you know, uh, you know, Mastodon or whoever. You know, it, as long as it's a cool song and there's some thought put into it. Mm-hmm. You know, do you think that Guitar Hero is going to produce a new generation of metalheads? Also, thanks yeah. to the inclusion of the yeah. Death Clock track on Guitar Hero Two. Uh, yes. Well, I think, you know what, though? I actually believe that there's a, there's never not been a fascination with guitar. I think America loves guitar. And, and I heard a statistic that 60% of U.S. households have a guitar somewhere in their house. 60%. <laughs> like, I don't know. Now I, don't, I don't know if I buy that, but I'd be curious to see the data. I heard it's a thousand percent. <laughs> I, know, I think it's 60% I'm pretty of the sure that's a, not a statistic. They have a uh, guitar. I hear that I think that it's uh, a million percent. <laughs> That's a statistic. That's a fake one for you. But um, I think they all have a fake plastic Guitar Hero controller. Yeah. But um, but I do I do know that like people are fascinated with guitar. I think it just it looks cool and it sounds cool. And uh, we, now we have a whole spawn of uh, people pretending to play it. Yeah. You know, which is amazing. Pressing buttons anytime on a guitar shaped controller. Anytime I like you're in Best Buy, you see some kid wailing on Guitar Hero. I always like to go up to them and go, man, how long have you been playing? Two days. Yeah. <laughs> they practice with the books open. Click, clack, click, clack, click, clack, clack. <laughs> the old Mel Bay instructional. Yeah. Um, but, uh, no, I um, I think that's I think it's awesome because yeah. guitar is cool. It is fun to learn. And th- there's a whole kind of guitar world out there that of kids that are, like, online teaching each other how to play stuff. There's, like, videos on YouTube. You can see them playing Death Clock stuff and actually doing instructional videos on how to play Death Clock stuff. Like, kids figure out all that stuff. But um, but it is a really cool community, the, the community of guitar. I mean, as a guy who like studied and actually got a degree yeah. in, in music and stuff, it's um, 
it's super awesome to see uh, kids taking an interest in that stuff. Mm. And it is fun, you know. And they are cool tunes they put on there, like just really cool rocking tunes, you know. Did you make it onto Guitar Hero 3 or Rock Band? We were supposed to do something and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> like, happened. Downloadable in the yeah. future, I'm sure. Yeah, we're working on other stuff, so, I mean, we'll have our... Whatever. I'll, I'll get into that some other day. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, guitar, it was actually really cool to uh, do that stuff with Guitar Hero 2 because... Uh, because uh, they they got in touch with me right when they found out I sold the show because they knew about my other show and they said anything you want to do for this thing, let us know. We'd love to put a song on. I'm like our show hasn't even aired yet. And they're like we don't care. So I was like all right. So I sent them a few songs and they picked a song called Thunder Horse, which is really fun to play on on the game. I can hardly play it on the game. I, I play. Yeah. How do your skills translate from real guitar to Guitar I'm, Hero guitar? I'm, I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm awful. But uh, yeah, it's embarrassing. I think there's video of me on YouTube somewhere. There's a, yeah, I believe video of you versus uh, uh, Tommy Blotcher. Yeah, yeah. In, in Canada playing uh, and just being, you know, it's just embarrassing to say that. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Um, I'd like to go back to the sort of fans yes. that Death Clock attracts. Um, specifically, what sort of groupies does an animated fictional band attract? They are uh, two-dimensional. Yes, yes. Uh, cardboard cutouts. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I've had um, it's it's there have been uh, there have been girls that come out to these shows. You know, that's the other thing about metal. It's a lot more girls go to shows than they used to. Yeah, and that's at like Slayer concerts and like you know scary heavy stuff. But like girls aren't afraid of it. Like because uh, it used to be just completely just dudes arms folded, you know, yeah. bobbing their heads in unison. You know, like like the uh, you know we're all in the secret club. But tons of girls come out, and I think it's awesome. You know that they are they're you know it's. I like I like that it's a scary heavy thing and that's what's kind of attractive about it you know like yeah. uh, but people come out of the woodworks um, death clock groupies you know in the college you know there's no drinking or anything but I, I have gotten to see uh, girls show me their breasts on stage which is uh, for a band now, and, and do you know are they showing them to you or are they showing them to the cartoon characters they didn't show they didn't aim them at the screen they okay. aimed them towards me there you and, go yeah, so. and uh, there have been a couple occasions and I'm like wow this is a for a band that doesn't exist uh <laughs> Not for, too shabby. For me not experiencing anything and not existing, I get to see <laughs> ladies' breasts every once in a while. <laughs> this, this wonderful Which is, is something that I'll tell you, as, with, as, a, as a guy who produces and writes and works in an office all day trying to make a cartoon, that doesn't happen that often. Like, you know, when I yeah. finish a script, no one shows me there. You know, it doesn't happen. <laughs> that's, unless it's one of the uh, animators yeah. who's an overweight guy. And he's yeah, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Even that. Even that, I would appreciate the thought behind it, you know, <laughs> if it doesn't look great. No, it's not, yeah. Hey, I got my script done and I finished some music. Nothing. Just look around the room, nothing. All right. Anybody got to throw their boxer yeah. shorts at me? I don't yeah. feel appreciated. Mm. I know this tour is going to screw me up for the rest of <laughs> it's, I think it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> the, the rock star godhead yeah. is just building yeah. in you now. I now expect things. <laughs> no ovations? <laughs> yeah. I just completely edited yeah. that line of dialogue. Exactly. Oh. I copied my script, and on the fax copy are all in one machine. <laughs> how come no one's How come no one's giving me oral sex? <laughs> Throw down your beer bottle yeah. in disgust. This isn't fair. Yeah, I quit. I can't work under these circumstances. Um, yeah. So, do you feel that you're becoming more and more metal as you tour? No, no, no. I'm not. I don't. I'm not metal. That's the thing about me. Is it? 
<clears throat> I know what metal things are. Yeah. And I'm not one of them. And I'm not going to pretend <laughs> and embarrass people by, by thinking that I am. Um, I have a show that looks metal, and it looks very metal, and the people on the show look metal, uh-huh. so I don't have to. Right. And again, I'm not going to go out and get hair extensions <laughs> to... Uh, to prove things. Any pickles style yeah. dreadlock exactly, comb yeah. overs. Yeah. And that'd be, yeah, exactly. The old dread over. You people out there give us something more than just record sales. You give us something to hate. And we hate you. You brainless mutants. Well, what is the most metal thing that you've ever seen? Like, at, at a show or well, just from uh, fans? Like, what is the most obscenely metal, like, black-hearted thing that you've ever seen? Um, a guy ordered veal parmesan at a restaurant I was at. And I don't know, that's just a baby cow. <laughs> look at him, that's pretty brutal. You know, that's metal. That's, just a, that's a baby cow that didn't live its life. And some, some fats I was eating it. And I'm not a vegetarian, but uh, veal is pretty brutal. <laughs> Humidity, uh, it was pretty humid. Uh, in Carbondale, Illinois. Humidity, anyway, you slice it, brutal. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see. Uh, the other thing is... Uh, when a uh, when you're on a tour bus and they don't empty the toilet thing for a while, that's pretty brutal. Has that happened yeah. on this tour? Yeah, I'm learning all about uh, bus etiquette. <laughs> but that's something, I mean, that'll go into future episodes. I'm learning plenty of things I'm going to be taking into future episodes. Of Day- <laughs> yeah. Do you walk around with, like, a little digital recorder? Note to self. I, uh, ri- I have a... Chemical pad. toilets are funny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, have a, I have a pad of paper with a yeah. pen, so uh, I write them all down. It's everything fodder on the road. Pretty much. In your life I, in I, general. Yeah, no, everything is like, especially on this tour, is like, I don't want to forget the, uh, I mean, because this is the first time I've actually been on a tour, you know? Yeah. I've been a recording guitarist for, for a really long time, but like doing the tour thing and, and, and uh, experiencing malfunctions on stage with like my gear or whatever is, uh, is always like I, I grimace a little bit because I'm like, ah, oh, this is going to be great for a Toki story, you know? <laughs> Even though this is embarrassing for me now and I have to get through it somehow. But it's going to be good to see this happen to Toki. Murder face. <laughs> it's gold. Yeah. Comedy gold. Uh, and since you haven't been a touring act before. Yes. Do you require special lozenges after you perform, after doing the Nathan Explosion voice for so um, long? No, actually, you know, I, it, I put my voice through much more doing the record because you have to do stuff over and over again. You just have to make sure your rhythm's nailed and you're punching in and doing all kinds of stuff. But um, I think that was much more brutal on my voice than than uh, singing for you know an hour, and um, it's it's it doesn't hurt you know it's, really? uh, yeah it's uh, it's very easy to do I think my voice just gets a little bit exhausted but it doesn't I don't think I'm doing anything more because I think it's getting that kind of guttural sound is more about relaxing your throat than tightening it and putting strain on anything mm-hmm. you know if you're singing high notes I think it's a lot more uh, difficult to do but if you're just kind of like doing like the Louis Armstrong. Kind of like, Hello, how you doing? I'm Louis Armstrong. Yeah. Or Fat Albert. You know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't. It's, uh, uh, that's going to sound great on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
So you have the show here in Lawrence tomorrow, yeah. and then you have... Yes, we're doing a show. It's a free show. I don't know what the status of it is. I don't know if it's sold out or what, but there's a number. Can I give the number? Please do. It's called Try to Get In. Uh, if you haven't seen it, you're going to have a lot of fun. You don't have to like metal to uh, like the show, but uh, it, it doesn't hurt to like metal. Here's the number to call. 785-864-SHOW. S-H-O-W. There you go. I believe those that's the S-U-A-C. Those are letters. Yay. How do you figure out how to do that on the phone? <laughs> There's no way. It's impossible. <laughs> text your text your breasts to 785-864-SHOW. S-H-O-W. <laughs> Two texts. One for each one. It'll be fun. Um, oh, dear. I'm sick of myself. <laughs> I've been talking and talking. How much media have you had to do? A lot. A lot. Well, I, I mean, for the record, uh, we did. Uh, we made a really smart move. We got a, a, a metal PR company to to promote the record, uh, a company called Adrenaline Record or Adrenaline PR, and uh, and they are just kick ass. They're just they went straight to our audience and said, "Here it is." And I've just been doing everything, you know, from from like two months ago till now, and. Um, and yeah, but it's it's been working, you know. Again, the record sales have been good. Mm-hmm. People are watching the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's a new episode uh, this weekend of uh, Metalocalypse. How many new episodes are left in this season? Well, what, what we did is we, basically what happened was we started season two, and then they sold this tour thing without talking to me, which was a really <laughs> stupid idea. And, I'll, I'll, and they know I think that, so I'll say that on the podcast. Will do. But uh, the, the main person who writes the show and does all the music, they didn't tell them. And they scheduled it right during our production, our season two production time oh. area thing. So I, uh, we had to kind of stop production and start working on all the animation and the story and all that stuff for the, uh, for the live show. So we did uh, about six episodes out of 20 and uh, the sixth episode is airing this um, this weekend, and uh, they're good. I think the show is getting better. I think the characters are coming more to life, and I think uh, we're telling a bigger story than mm-hmm. what we were telling in the first season, and just kind of taking more advantage of the episodic nature of TV, which is one of the coolest things that's happened in the TV over the last you know like seven or eight years. Like The Sopranos, really mm-hmm. not going episode to episode and going over like a whole huge like five year span of telling a story. You know, yeah. so. So we're, we're uh, getting into a little bit more of that. So is there going to be sort of an end game? Do you, do you see the story see arc? Yeah. No, like yeah. actually going from point A to point B? Well, that's the whole way I attacked season two, is that I, I, I had a big place to come from in the, the season finale of, of season one. I wanted to open up a huge can of worms with that and then um, go from there and uh, basically have an in and out and then a little points to hang uh, basically I, I knew that this was going to be the end of the season mm. and this is going to be the beginning of the season and I have three things that I'm watching and they kind of like intersect here there and, and another place and there's little places where I have to go okay right. we have to check in on the story here we don't need to check on these two episodes we're going to check up on it here and then we're gonna, like, and that's for one part of the story <laughs> and then for other people you know it's just like basically you put a big graph in front of you and, and do you actually thing. use like a like a dry erase board yeah, like plotting absolutely. out the season yeah. yeah I mean I have to I'm a guy who gets it visually if I see it in front of me yeah. it makes a lot more sense yeah. you know I can talk about it forever but I forget stuff that I talk about yeah. very easily but yeah. um, if I see it there and I have a reminder in front of me, then then I can uh, 
kind of keep checking it on checking up on stuff yeah and hopefully you don't fall into the same pit that uh chris carter with x files or david lynch with uh twin peaks did and that it just seemed to go nowhere right yeah yeah it just it just kept well, barreling ahead and inventing itself as it was going yeah, and, and yeah, just yeah. you realized that was pointless i may do that too <laughs> yeah, who knows yeah <laughs> my season ends too quickly then I'll, I'll just start thinking of other stuff now but i have a I have bigger plans, and there's there's certain stuff that I won't talk about uh, as far as like character backgrounds and stuff like that that yeah. uh, I have uh, a bigger use for in the future. So um, yeah. yeah, so now there's there's a lot of stuff. I mean, it's kind of like with animation, you got to strike immediately because it takes a long time to produce it. And if you want to do anything bigger, like a movie or a made for TV movie or whatever, you got to do it like as soon as possible because it just seems that every time there's a movie made. For a TV show, it happens too late, you know. After the show has peaked, yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, um, I don't know the one, the one people, the one group of people that did it right was South Park, and that was an amazing movie. And it was mm-hmm. incredibly funny, and that made me start watching the show more than <laughs> I that I had. Because I don't, I don't watch any animation on TV. <laughs> I don't. I hate it. I don't. I don't hate it. I just hate. Uh, I just don't. You're a self-loathing animator. No, no, no. I, I, no, I, I'm rather fond of myself. But <laughs> I think I'm wonderful. But uh, no, but I just, uh, I just don't watch any animation on TV. Mm. You know, and I, I think there's there are enough shows that are kind of inspired by each other. I'd rather not be one of those shows. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Do you foresee a Metalocalypse film in the future? If I can get somebody to give me some money, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I'd love to. I mean, that's that's that'd be the goal is to write a great script and and make it funny and make it uh, not a long TV show but a movie. You know, yeah. Make it feel like you know it should. Because the the show already has a very epic, well, filmic it's, quality to it. I mean, we do it. There, there's yeah, it's very you know self conscious to of us. And, you know, we we wanted to make sure that it was filmed in widescreen that yeah. we have really wide huge shots, very panoramic film and then show little tiny people in gigantic scale as often as we can to make it feel like it's bigger than a TV show. Yeah. You know, and and then score should be bigger and, you know, just to just sell everything as much as we can because yeah, I do think it would lend itself to a, a bigger screen hmm. like easily. Yeah. And it, it, there are action sequences and fun things and then you know comedy set pieces and stuff that uh, that a movie should have. Looking okay. forward to that. personally with Mark Hamill on the show. Yes, I do. How is he to work with? He's amazing. You know, I get to direct him, and uh, when we were uh, putting the cast together for the show, basically the idea was that me and Tommy Blotcha were going to do all the band's voices, just because we're, my whole thing was, like, I don't want to have to go and wrangle people and find out where they are and get them back in the booth and just like and be stuck with a, a voice read that I'm not happy with. I'd rather have it be us, and I know I can make my voice sound differently. And uh, if I want to change stuff, I can go in there and change it myself. In fact, I have a studio that was built with uh, a control panel on the inside so I could start and stop sessions myself. No. Because no. I was like, I know all this stuff. I know Pro Tools and stuff, and I'd rather not have to wake up an engineer and, like, you know, in the middle of a sandwich and get him over here or pay somebody else when I can do all this stuff myself. So if I need to record myself and or Tommy, 
I'll do it all from the inside. And I was like, I haven't seen that before because I've done the thing where you run, press record, you run, <laughs> slam three doors, you adjust your headphones and then the microphone and then all the stuff, and then you go and do your thing and it sucks and you go back and listen to it. It's horrible. Yeah. And then you have to go do it again. So I was just like, you just do it right here. I have a thing right on my right. I can just watch the, the waves and all that stuff right there. But um, So I was like, I don't want to have like people with young voices doing old gruff guy voices. I'm so sick of that too. I'm such a nitpicky voiceover guy. But um, I want to get people with, that kind of sound like they had aged voices or, or you know, somebody in their 50s or something like that mm-hmm. to be able to do the, the governmental tribunal um, for the show. And uh, somebody said Mark Hamill, and I was like, oh, my God, that'd be great. He's, you know, he does have the force, after all. <laughs> I, say, I admire the man more for his voiceover work in Batman the Animated Series oh, yeah. as the Joker yeah. than yeah. I do with his Star Wars yeah. work, me you personally. Know. No, no, that has a huge following, too. But he is a... And that's his thing. I mean, uh, you talk to him, and, you know, Star Wars... The whole thing was also when, when Mark came in for the uh, the first read, because he did an audition for, for the show. He read for the 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 show, mm. did an audition, met a few other people, and he was just the best. I mean, he's just he's just great at it. It's mm. just, he's got a natural... Um, he's, just, he's just a natural aptitude for voiceover. I mean, and he loves it. And uh, when he came in, basically the thing is that don't don't bring up Star Wars. The poor guy gets it everywhere. Let let this be the one place <laughs> where he can come and not be barraged by you know lightsabers and Yoda and X-wing fighters and and whatnot. But I have been tempted to uh, direct him every once in a while, you know, and go like, Hey, Mark, that was great. Love what you did. Can you do it a little bit more like uh, I don't know, do it like a. Your X-wing fighters crashing onto the data boss system. You can't find R two. Go, go. But, um, <coughs> I'm sure he he's he's funny. He's super nice, super like uh, um, super smart and uh, just self-deprecating and just fun to hang out with. And he's a he's a great dude. You know, mm-hmm. I I wish I could talk uh, shit about him, but I can't. <laughs> You'll find I, I can't find you know everyone that we've gotten to work with metal bands too like uh, voiceover actors and stuff on the show they've all been real sweethearts and and again self-deprecating funny people who uh, that's the reason they're on the show I mean because they get it you know so we don't have to force people into working and they're like bad you know I would never want to work with someone who doesn't want to be there you know yeah yeah you know like you know this is bad why don't you why don't you get the why don't you get out of here? I don't want to work with you. Can I give you money? No, I don't think so. These guys are all cool, and they get it, and they get the joke. So, I mean, yeah. He's great. Mark Hamill's awesome. Another great voiceover guy we have is a guy named Victor Brandt, who does General Crozier. Mm. He just has an amazing voice. Again, like, just a great actor. He's just on the original Star Trek and stuff. And, uh, Damn. Yeah. He's a, he was a red shirt that got killed, and he was also in an episode <laughs> that, uh, where they go to the... A planet where there's hippies and they sing a song uh, and he has blue hair and anyway you'll find it online. Right, Victor Brandt. <laughs> Victor Brandt. Yes. Uh, and you have done plenty of voiceover <coughs> work aside from <clears throat> home movies, Metalocalypse. Yeah, uh, yeah. Appeared on Venture Brothers. Yeah. And uh, yeah, many of the Adult Swim stuff. Adventure yeah. Brothers did Squid Village, Aqua Teen Hunger Force, stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's fun. Those guys are all you know. We all know each other and we're all kind of in. We all keep in touch with each other. Like mm-hmm. Venture Brothers. Uh, Jackson Public is, I guess, his fake name that he uses all the time. I don't, I don't know how to, why to call. I don't, whatever. I'll call it's him a that. mystique. Yeah, it's like the white stripes. Yeah. He can, he can have, that. he, he can get that. <laughs> sure, I won't take that from him. He's awesome. No, no. Well, and uh, he's uh, his show is great, and people love it, and it looks amazing too. And it's, it's always fun, and uh, it's fun. Uh, one thing that that all these guys are really cool with is just letting me kind of 
run my tongue and just do like a improv and stuff like that on top of the stuff and yeah. they can pick and choose later if they want to but it's always a blast yeah. is there ever a pissing contest at William Street good natured of course whenever the ratings come in <clears throat> I don't know I think it doesn't matter because Robot Chicken always wins the ratings battle <laughs> <laughs> and I get it everybody's just but struggling for scraps after everybody that. wants yeah everyone's just trying to yeah we're a bunch that of and Family Guy there. reruns oh yeah Family Guy just, oh man Family Guy dwarfs everything it's just, just their ratings are amazing and then uh, Robot Chicken and then us so, and uh, you know, and it's weird. Like late night TV, it's not like anything else. It's um, you, know, you got your prime time, and like whatever show is being watched is the most watched show. But uh, once you get past like ten o'clock or eleven o'clock, you know, this phenomenon happens in the world where people get tired and go to sleep. <laughs> and it's not because your show sucks; <laughs> it's because they're tired. And they have they have a life to live. Eventually, <laughs> you know? But um, but having said that, even with that, I mean, Adult Swim just is conquering everyone mm-hmm. uh, ratings wise in that time slot uh, in the cable world and I think also network too yes yeah. it's just yeah, spilling over it, it is now people are watching if you're watching TV late at night you're watching Adult Swim yep, yeah. yep. Uh, and we discussed this a little bit before we recorded but if there are any concerned fans out there will the Writers Guild strike affect production <clears throat> of your show and the rest of the Adult Swim lineup. Our show is... I, I don't know about the rest of the Adult Swim lineup. I mean, I'm not totally sure about all this stuff because I'm, I'm not a Guild member because it, it didn't cover... And I, don't, I believe it doesn't cover a lot of animation right now. And uh, when I first started writing when I was, what, 23 on home movies, like the, it wasn't a Guild show. And this show isn't a Guild show. So um, I would like to strike. That means I don't have to work, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That'd be, I, would, I would do a strike just for the fun of uh, having an excuse to... Just do nothing for a while, yeah. and I'm, uh, and then people go like, "Why aren't you doing anything?" I'm like, "I'm, I am supporting a cause, <laughs> and you should shut up." <laughs> I'm gonna write a yeah. shitty folk song and play yeah. the, the picket line, and yeah. Julia Louis Dreyfus is gonna hang out. With yeah, me. it's gonna be awesome. That'd be awesome. Yeah, no. Um, so uh, I don't think anything could affect <laughs> the slow progress of our show. <laughs> <laughs> no, but what's what's happening? Just for, if anyone's interested, like the uh, our, our show is like you know. We we did have to stop production for the sake of the live thing, but um, but we uh, we're going to be launching everything again in 08. Right. and so you're going to get a whole bunch of new episodes and just back to back stuff. So there's that. And right now we're talking about doing uh, you know we have been doing a college tour, um, a live tour, and we're going to do a bigger tour with uh, metal bands and stuff like that. So there's talks about that. I should have some information to be released to the public within the next two weeks. Nice. But uh, it's going to be really fun. I think it's going to be a really cool tour. And um, and it's going to be like in metal venues and stuff. So everybody can go. This tour has been somewhat brutal in that these venues are incredibly small. They won't move into bigger ones. And a lot of people are being shut out that are you know big fans and stuff. Yeah. And I think that sucks. And uh, I think a thousand people were turned away in at uh, UC Berkeley and it's like and they were such polite fans and they were all metalheads and they they took it very well <laughs> they were like a big scary force out there and someone gave them the bad news and they were like very well we'll see you next time <laughs> and they could have destroyed the place I'm very glad they did but um, how metal would that have been yeah if it were the cartoon they would have they would have gone crazy <laughs> scalpings and all but yeah no it's, it's been a really the, the way I'm looking at this this early tour is also it's a tryout tour because there are like a lot of technical snags that could happen and we've experienced a couple but I think we've ironed them out so that when we do the real tour and we're, when we're really asking for your money that you see a, a show that is flawless and, and perfectly worked out yeah. you know and, and a show that's, uh, that's really fun to go to that you want to see again you know yeah. 
Well, I think that is actually a perfect close to the podcast. Brendan Small, brain trust behind yes. Metalocalypse and I really, am, I, Just for the record, I really am great. <laughs> <laughs> and I can vouch for him. He exudes greatness. Yes, I do. It's, it's sort of like a secretion it's, that comes out of elephants. It's an amazing smugness that I... I mean, I just if I can give anyone uh, any advice out there, uh, get your own TV show. <laughs> it's great. It really makes you feel great about yourself. Step one, yeah. get TV yeah. show. Yeah. And then you can be a smug jerk <laughs> on podcasts whenever you want. And nobody can call you on it. No one can call you on it because you can't call me because it's not this already happened yeah it already happened sorry guys get here earlier (laughs) look into time space it's in the past yeah get a low jack on me and find out where i'll be that'd be great (laughs) uh but again thank you very much sir for joining us here at lawrence.com absolutely and best of luck with the show tomorrow thank you very much thanks for uh, having Hey, this is Nathan Explosion from Death Clock, and you're listening to Lords.com, which is a, uh, what is it? Is this, does it have anything to do with Joey Lawrence? Because if it is, it's awesome. Is Joey Lawrence still around? Anyway, you're listening to all Joey Lawrence fan club radio on Lawrence.com. It's not Lawrence Welk, is it? Is this an old Lawrence? You're listen- this is Nathan Explosion from Death Clock, and you're listening to the Lawrence Welk Appreciation Fan Site made by Lawrence Welk's children who are, uh, who have, uh, they all have, uh, diseases. They're all dying. So give us your money. Lawrence. Any other Lawrences out there? Lawrence. Lawrence. Hmm. Lawrence is short for Larry. Larry, Larry, let me think. This is hard. Anyway, you're listening to Lawrence.com. Whatever it's about, it does not concern me. It's not my job to figure out what this thing does. Thank you for listening. Good day. Go die. Go kill yourself. Goodbye.